As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you here on a Friday, and uh, boy, what a great tonic last night's win in St. Louis was. Joining me is Allison Lucan of The Athletic. Hello, Allison. Hello, Aaron. Um, I think everyone's breathing a little bit deeper and, um, what's the word, just a little more at ease today after last night's game in St. Louis, a 7-4 to four win for the Blue Jackets. Not as easy as you might think from that score. Uh, down 2 nothing. Rally back. Needed some great saves from, from Eunice Corposalo at 4-3 to protect it and pulled away with another flurry of goals in the third period. Anthony Duclair, two goals. Boone Jenner, two goals. Almost his first career hat trick. Uh, and the Blue Jackets kind of get the win, the, the kind of game that they needed. Now, you know, t- coaches will say it's, it, it is about the results, of course, but more it's about the way you play. And, and I think John Tortorella had grown weary of this group trying to be uh, a skill group and trying to put on a show every night. And it started with just Panarin, and then it started to get more and more people as the season moved along. And I think he'd seen enough of it. So the directive – on Thursday morning against the Blues was to put work first and let the skill follow. It was very much a Ken Hitchcock kind of morning in St. Louis today. And that's what happened. So Tortorella puts put Nick Foligno in the middle. We'll get to that in a second. He puts Jenner, flanks Jenner on his left and Anderson on his right. And then 
puts them out there for the opening face-off and says, this is how it's going to be tonight, St. Louis. I hope you're ready to work. And he got the result he needed. So what jumps out at you, Allison, when you look back at that, that game last night in St. Louis? Yeah, I think that it is, first and foremost, a win. Getting that is huge. Um, that is what the team needed, and results are what matter at the end of the day. I, I I do think that there's still a balance to be struck with this group between the work sure. ethic that Tortorella is espousing and the skill. Um, I put this in some of my notes on, on last night's recap, but you know they, they did run into two fairly unlucky goaltenders in terms of performing up to expectations uh, there in St. Louis. And I think that uh, the Jackets shot selection also probably could have been stronger. I would have liked to see them get to the high danger areas more, um, push for those challenging shots more. So when they're up against a goalie who's maybe on his game or a defense that's on their game, they're still highly likely to get the goal. Um, but on the flip, what I what I did like come out of last night's game was I liked the performance of the Wenberg line. Um, I mentioned them as well. And I thought they had a standout performance, both numerically and, and visually. I mean, I noticed those guys numerous times watching the game. Yeah. Well, and Duclair, of course, of course, scores the two goals. Yes. The one guy that really stood out for me on that line last night was Oliver Bjorkstrand. Totally agree and, with you. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it was almost comedic, almost like uh, almost Monty Python, like how he was just getting just ragdolled and twisted between two bodies and thrown up against the wall. And he just kept getting back up. And, you know, kudos to him. The, the before the, the Duclair goal that he assisted on the even strength goal, he took three or four just massive hits and got up, gathered the puck uh, in the right circle and just fired a puck on net. Yep. He didn't pass. He didn't dipsy do. And there's Duclair for the rebound. That's the kind of stuff they're looking for. And I know it's not pretty. Um, I just I, I, I thought of this a lot today. Had a, I mean, again, not to belabor this point, maybe I already have, but Ken Hitchcock used to used to talk about work before skill all the time to the point where the, it drove the players crazy because they were like, well, we do have some skill. And his point was, well, yes, but you're not good enough. And really, honestly, nobody's good enough to just right. be a, the skill guy, the quote skill guy. Sidney Crosby's not the skill guy. He's got all kinds of skill, but he works his ass off. And so does right. Connor McDavid. But – and the question to Hitch was, or like, why do guys? And he and his great answer was, it hurts. It hurts to play that way. It hurts to play that in your face, be grinding, um, always in on stuff. Do it. And if you think you can get away with your skill and your speed and the cute stuff, you're going to try. And sometimes coaches fear. More than anything, when you do get away with it, because then bad habits start to form. Um, so I, I thought the game last night in St. Louis was really important in the sense that the Blues weren't – they're not playing great either. They may be firing Mike Yo at some point here soon. Those whispers are starting to creep uh, across the league that it could be coming, uh, if not tonight, soon. A couple more losses like this. That team's up against it. But that's a hard thing to be, especially with their back to the wall. And I thought the Blues they didn't play very well tonight. But they 
league hard. And Columbus needs to play as hard as they did to get out of here um, in one piece. And so, you know, I think that's what you take away from absolutely they can play a ton better. They let Corpy drive more than a few times. He was fantastic um, quietly in a 7-4 game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I on, on the whole, you, there's no such thing as a must-win in game nine. This wasn't even a have-to-win. But I think they needed a response in this in this game, given the way that the previous couple of games had gone. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, listen, I'm I say this all the time. I am not a professional athlete by any means. But you wonder, too, if if challenging the players to to play this way almost gets them out of their own head, which is what allows the skill to flourish. Right. I mean, we know that we know that Cam Atkinson to his credit, because he is so focused on being the best he can be, can get up in his own head a little bit. And Bjorkstrand strikes me as someone who might have a little bit of that too. And, you know, it would have been easy for him to start to crumple after he has the turnover that leads to, I think it was the second blues goal. Um, but, but you, you, and, and I'm, again, I'm not saying to go away from the skill, but to ground yourself and just go at it, go at it hard almost takes your mind away from overthinking, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I mean, that's it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's a similar thing. If you remember last year, when they were just all caught up in themselves. Um, I just saying it was a 38 special lyric right there. But they were so, they were so in their heads, all of them. And do you remember, I'm pretty sure this last year, I'm showing my uh, early onset here, but Tortorella's thing was shoot. Yes. Just shoot. Shoot, we want 50 shots on, on net. Shoot it 50 times. And it stopped being, it's it, it, that became the goal rather than we have to score a goal. Why, why can't we score a goal? We haven't scored a goal yet, right? And it was just pop, pop, pop. And they had, I thought it was a stretch of like five or six games, where they had over 300 shots on goal. It was crazy. But it, it, it awakened them, or it put them at ease, however you want to put it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they were quite to that point of critical um, thinking just yet, but I think it was a similar thing to that where it was like, no, Josh Anderson needs to be hitting people, not just as a response, but as, a, as to dictate. Um, and and I, I, I don't think it's a great sign, frankly, that Nick Foligno has to go back to center ice and Riley right. Nash only slides down, can only play the fourth line right now. And when, when they're in a situation where that, it's how they drew it up. So that, that's, that's a bit of a concern. Um, but I, you know, I don't know that it's so much about Riley Nash's play as much as it is he wanted to put those three players together and put them on the table and have the Blues handle handle them from a physical standpoint immediately. And it, it's hard to find ways to be physical in this game now uh, that involve fighting or involve big hits because the game's just not played that way before. Right. Uh, but you but anymore, you can still dictate. And I thought I thought for the most part, the Blues are a hard team to push around, but I thought they gave them what they could handle tonight and, and were absolutely in the middle of stuff physically. And, and, you know, the other thing I liked, too, is is I liked the emotion we saw from Corpusalo. There were yeah. there, there were a couple goals there that he didn't like. They got past him. And, you know, we've we've written in, in the space of both where you were before and now at the athletic of this is a man who used to have a temper to him, Corpusalo. Yeah. And, sure. and he he reacted 
but then he composed himself. But again, that idea of, of stoking the fire, if you will, and even stoking it from the back end. I liked seeing that from him. I thought that that was a valuable piece of the puzzle of this team revving its motor, if you will, was seeing yeah. that and seeing that passion and that energy uh, coming from him in a game where, as you said, overall, he had a great, great performance. Yeah. And he didn't like the first goal at all. Um, it was a bit of a fluky goal. Tarasenko below the goal line, put it on net and his corp, he was skating to his, toward his post to seal it. The puck lands off his skated into the net. Right. Um, after the game, he said, you know what? That's a, that's a great shot that not too many players can pull off. Um, he'd wanted it back for sure, but tip your cap sometimes. Um, they play for this guy. Like, you know, I, I see that a little bit where, where I'm not saying they don't for Bobrovsky. They do. Sometimes the backup goalie doesn't get the best performance. But I think these guys, I think they like how Corpusella never quits on, on pucks. Uh, Tortorella made some lineup changes tonight, uh, geared toward that sort of ruggedness. Uh, Sonny Milano out of the lineup. And in comes Marcus Hanekainen for his first start. We mentioned our first first game. We mentioned Felino going to the middle, Jenner to the left on the line with with Anderson. Um, and then the second line, as you mentioned, was really good tonight. But, but an interesting line with Duclair, Wenberg, Bjorkstrand, and then the first line they kept together: Dubois, Atkinson, and, and uh, Panarin on the left. Um, so in Harrington, we should say Scott Harrington went back into the lineup, taking Dean Kukian's place on that third pair with David Savard. Um, so Blue Jackets, if, if you check out the athletic game post, uh, the, the G9 game post, uh, you'll, you'll, you may see the video clip that mentions that the Blue Jackets are practicing Friday. They are now not practicing Friday. Uh, so you won't hear anything from the Blue Jackets until Saturday when they host the Sabres. Um, would certainly think that that crowd Saturday, there are going to be some people from Buffalo here. That always helps. Um, but certainly would hope that that crowd Saturday is a mile better than what the Blue Jackets played before Tuesday against the Arizona. Um, what are they now? The Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes. Oh yeah, that never changed. Right. It was just um, the city. <laughs> they were the Arizona Phoenixes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this is a thing. Like, like we we had a story in the on the website yesterday. Um, check it out. Theathletic.com that detailed where the Blue Jackets are at attendance-wise. And certainly five games is a small sample size. It's barely one. It's not even one-eighth of the home schedule. But still, there are 1,000 fans down per game year-to-date and 2,000 fans down um, from the whole of last season. That's alarming to me that you would – I mean, this is expected to be a good team. So we sort of set out to figure out – now, how could this be? Why is there no buzz really about this team? Why is a Tuesday night in a major metropolitan area like this? Why is it? Why is it just signed off on? Well, you're not going to draw on a Tuesday night, right? Like you look around the league, there are a lot of teams that have. Every city has high schools in them, and a lot of these cities can draw. And it's and yes, they've got school the next day. You can you can come up with a million excuses. If this team has draw and buzz to the huge number of young people, call them millennials, whatever you want to call them, people without kids, people who frankly don't mind staying up till 1030 on a school night, that should not be 
a barrier to drawing a good crowd on a Tuesday for a really good team. Is it the Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin uncertainty, the fact that most people think they're both gone after the season? And so for some people, it's difficult to cheer for them if you know they're just going to leave you after this season. I get all that. Um, so we kind of kicked that around, and I'd be interested to see what people think, um, what they think is the issue and why this just isn't a hot ticket uh, right now, unless it's a weekend or unless it's an opposing team. Chicago brought probably 30% of that crowd, not from Chicago, but Blackhawks fans here perhaps. I bet Buffalo travels well on Saturday. How? What's going on with this, Allison? Are we right to be concerned about this, this isn't kicking people when they're down. This is a good team that should be drawn better. Yeah, well, I mean, and it, it's funny, isn't it, that we, when we break down the play, we say the same thing about the play. <laughs> this is a team that should be playing better too. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. And I must say, I've always been perplexed. There is a real thing that the first few months of the season. I think Nick Felino said this to us the other day that the first few months of the season, everybody knows it's just lighter. And then it kind of picks up there in December. But I am concerned that it's down even more so relatively in the same time frame. Um, and, yeah. and, and I think it's I think it's a hard thing. I, I think that there are people who, you know, and, and every fan base has their stories, right? Until you've won the cup almost every year, every fan base has their stories. But, you know, for, for a lot of people, to your point, People say they don't want to talk about the Panarin and Bobrovsky thing anymore, but some people seem to be practicing avoidance. They almost don't want to see the good that's here because they fear it's going to be gone soon, right? So um, I think that's that's part of it. I think there's um, concern about tickets and, and how that process works. I do not know the intimate details of that, obviously, but uh, it, it should – the, the tide should be rising in all areas of this organization. And so it is certainly curious that this area is not to me. Yeah. And like, you know, if, if down is one thing, if they had 16 for Arizona, right. They, right. they didn't like right. they were, they announced under 12. I think most people there thought maybe it's 10. Right. Like, wow. And, and part of what we sort of scratched at, there's, there's several different things. People, like a lot of people, a lot of responses on Twitter, um, frankly, expressed anger and frustration with, um, you know, their season ticket reps or, you know, difficulty um, just in that, that process being moved. People were complaining about perks. And some of this may just be fans complaining that, that it's sure. not enough. That, sure. That's valid. I don't know how other teams do it as well, but fans are legitimately pointing to that as one issue that they have. A lot of fans are. Um, do they not market this club? Well, I'm not talking community. These guys do a ton of stuff with, with the community. They're always available for that kind of stuff. And kudos to them for that. I'm talking marketing campaigns. Yeah. Uh, we've seen in other markets where, where players, um, if it's done well and, and it's entertaining and, and funny or, Somehow magnetic. They've got a lot of magnetic guys on this team. Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski just jump off the page as, as candidates for what could be a, a brilliant campaign uh, to get people in. Um, people have complained about what it, how how stale the in-game experience is. 
I, you don't hear those complaints typically when there's 17,000 people in the building. You hear it when there's 11. Right. And you, when they lose and there's 11 especially, it, it's hard to make that a fun night. Um, so this, this isn't to cast stones at anybody in particular. It's just to wonder why, because there's a lot of hockey fans here, why can't this franchise be a big draw uh, despite all of the market forces that every market faces? And yeah. most get through. And, and, you know, I was – I will say I, I was struck in a positive sense about Zach Wierenski's comments in your article about saying, hey, put me out there, you know, because I think yeah. it, it's certainly f- fair. And, and we don't know these men as, as humans in all aspects of their life. But, you know, I think it's yeah. fair to presume that anyone who's a, a, you know, a public figure does want time to themselves. And so it would be easy to assume, you know, I, I'm trotted out enough. I'm good. But to, to hear someone say, I'm game for more, you know, yeah. I think, I think that, that struck me. And I think for him to say that is, is great. I mean, that's a fantastic thing for a player to say about the city in which he yeah. plays. And, right. you know, I think that these are young guys when we talk about this being a young hockey city as well with, you know, the game constantly growing, particularly with young people. I mean, if these guys want to get out there, I don't think it would be hard. I mean, I, who is it now? It used to be Martin St. Louis would welcome you on the Metro at the Tampa airport. And is it Stamkos yeah. now? I think right. it's like, right. you can put these guys anywhere if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the way Wierenski said it wasn't, you know, more adulation, please. Right, 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 it right, right. Was, let's, let's grow the game here. Totally. Um, let's, yeah, let's, let's, really get some excitement going here and put it in. And I've heard that from players before, not just with the Blue Jackets around the league, that the league does not market these guys well. Hmm. Heard it from agents, too. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it just it feels like there could be more excitement drummed up and done in a really sharp, professional way. So hopefully that gets turned around. Uh, Blue Jackets, again, off Friday. Then on Saturday, they host Buffalo. Allison, anything else we need to get into here? No, I think we've covered it all. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us. I uh, hope you're reading us at theathletic.com for Allison Lucan and for Tom Reed, who is still I, I other side of the world. I think he's coming back. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> he, he may be. And, and I, I did forget one thing, Cordy. I apologize. Just want to uh, sound out that the Ohio State men play a home and home this weekend uh, with Bowling nice. Green. Uh, nice. So home at, at uh, the shot on Friday. Um, and if you want to head out to Bowling Green on Saturday, but a, a good chance to see a, a highly, highly ranked and highly talented young team. Uh, the women are still on the road, but they'll be back soon. But check out the men's team if you're looking for some hockey on Friday. Okay, awesome. Well, for Allison Lucan, this is Aaron Portsign. Tom Reed will be back with us, one assumes, next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Front and Nationwide. And we'll talk to you soon.